I want to preach to you a message this morning that I simply entitled Hope of America. I didn't, I didn't entitle the Hope for America because, uh, I guess that's true and that's good, but, uh, but we just, uh, I want you to know it's the Hope of America and there's a little bit of a difference there. If you would, if you have your scripture, I want you to turn them to Psalms 33. And as we go to Psalms 33, uh, to me it's a very, it's all of the scriptures very blessed, but this is a very blessed psalm to us as the church. It's very blessed to us as the people. And I'm reading from the New International Version this morning. But as we go to Psalms 33, I want you to go down to the 10th verse. And as your attention falls there, I want you to find the word of the Lord. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of His heart through all generations. I want you to, I want you to really catch, I mean, I could preach for two or three hours just on that one verse of scripture. I want you to think about what that is saying to us, what the word says to us, that our plans, our plans get, can get messed up by God. It's, it's not about our plans. You know, we, we make it about our plans, but it's not really about our plans at all. And, and, and it's not about our purposes, but, but, the plans of the Lord stand firm. So it's not about us, but it is about Him. And then we go on to verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people He chose for His inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and He, he sees all mankind from His dwelling place. He watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. Wow. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all of its strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, fear him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to preach to you this morning about the hope of America. The hope of America. As we think about the hope of America, I want you to think and to recognize with me that the favor of God and as it rules over a nation or it looms over a nation. We know that here in America. We have known that. But there's many, many nations of the world that seemingly haven't had the favor of God. The favor of God hasn't been spread abroad over their land and over their country. But I want you to know that this morning that, that God is not a respecter of person. God is willing to bless anyone and everyone and anybody and everybody. God is willing. He, it's His goodwill and it's His purpose that He finds pleasure in blessing us. He finds pleasure in giving us good gifts. And quite frankly, uh, uh, that's, that's, is His desire. He doesn't, He doesn't want to and He doesn't give us bad gifts. It doesn't matter our creed or 
or our color. It doesn't, it doesn't matter our dialect, whether, uh, you know, we're from up north or we're from way down south or even if we speak a different language, you know, uh, uh, I don't happen to believe that English is the, the language of preference with God. I believe He knows all languages. It's, it's not based on our intellect or our, our educational, our, our aptitude or, or any of our abilities that we have. That's not necessarily, those, those are not the thing, things that calls for God's favor. It, God's favor does not come because of our financial status, uh, our social status, where we may live, what neighborhood we may live in, or what kind of house we may have, or, or what our retirement portfolio, if you even have one, what it looks like. Those are not the things that are important to God at all. And, and He doesn't respect us for those things. And, and those are not the things that, 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 that cause us to inherit His blessing. In fact, we find in Scripture that the widow that gave what is referred to in the King James as the might, which was just a fraction of, uh, of a, of a, uh, what we would call a dollar. It was just, just mere pennies, if even a penny, if you would, that that widow's might was so important to 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 the Lord because it was it was out of her sincerity of her heart that she gave out of the lack of her substance to the Lord. But what we have to realize that is that, as we read in that first verse of Scripture in verse ten. It's about, it's not about our plans. It's not about our purposes. It's not about, it's not about what we have or what we can do or what we can accomplish or, or what our goals are in life. And, and, and I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't be setting goals and we shouldn't have vision and we, I'm not saying that at all, but understand this. The most important thing and the hope for America is going to be found in pleasing the Lord our God. I want to share an example with you this morning. Now today is first Sunday of the month. That's always Mission Sunday. And if you have your faith faith commitment offering when we worship and giving as we exit this morning, it, it, you know, I want to remind you it's, it's a good time to sow into the kingdom. Amen. But I want, I want to share with you an, an illustration. A real, it's, it's a true illustration. It's an example. Of, of, a, of a small nation that many of us in this room are aware of. We've at least heard of it. We've saw uh, news reports of it. And, it, and it's the tiny country of Haiti. And, and as the, t- the country of Haiti is, is, is actually in, in a place that is considered paradise. A little bit over 200 years ago, Haiti found itself or it was under the rulership or the authority of, the, of France. But, but, but many of the people, many of those people were, were, were people that were black skinned and this, this, this skin color is irrelevant in this story by the way. But, but these people, it wasn't about the color of their skin, but, but as they came over from the, and they were brought to Haiti from the continent of Africa, with them came a religion that they practiced and that religion was, was the, the, the practice of ancestral worship. And witchcraft, and voodoo, and witch doctors. 
And, and, and it still plagues that country today, very much so. But in an effort to, to break away and, and find freedom from the, the French leader Napoleon, it, it, it's historically documented how the Haitians, the Haitian witch doctors in particular, would sacrifice pigs, hogs, and they would, they would sacrifice and they would drink the blood of those pigs in an effort to create or form a pact or a covenant with Satan asking him that if he would free them from France and pledging themselves that if they would be freed from France that they would continue to worship him. And in 1804, the Haitians became independent of France. Independence was granted them. You know, we talk about independence in this country. It's 4th of July. It's our independence weekend that we, we, we that, that we're cele- celebrating our independence. But, but th- th- they pursued independence through through the wrong means. They pursued independence through through if you would selling their souls, if you would, to the devil. And sadly, spiritual oppression and all of the attributes of spiritual oppression are still dominating. Haiti today. One of the poorest places on the face of the earth. France granted independence to the Haitians, but spiritual oppression continues. In 1780, Haiti was a beautiful place. Haiti was a wealthy place. Haiti was paradise, if you would, of sorts. She was the prized possession of, of Christopher Columbus. And, of course, he's been a su- subject of conversation in the recent weeks. But, but she was the prized possession of Christopher, Christopher Columbus back in 1492. But but in a 24-year stance, when we begin to look from, from 1780 to 1804, in 24 years, she found herself to be in, in ruins and be in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, stripped of everything, Seven out of ten Haitians today are illiterate. Seven out of ten Haitians cannot read, if you don't understand what that means. They are in an ongoing state of civil unrest. They live in a in a, a government that has no stability, if you want to call it government, at that. And let me say this on this 4th of July weekend, that government, when rightly governed, government has its place and its value in society. The average Haitian, this may be a blessing in some ways, the average Haitian is dead by the age of 64. The average Haitian lives on less than $450 per year. Just a tad bit over a dollar a day. So I want to ask a question, and I I don't claim to have the answer this morning. Could it be because voodoo and witchcraft is still considered the Haitian religion? Could that be the problem? Could that be what's going on? I probably, in my own opinion, and I express it as that this morning, that 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 is probably the root or the, the crutch of the problem. 
And we're sending missionaries and that's good and, and missionaries are going and there's missionaries going to and from Haiti continually, even out of, uh, out of our denomination, out of the, the International Pentecostal Holiness Church and, and even local people are going back and forth to Haiti and we're distributing the gospel and all that's good and it's very much well and it's all has a purpose and a reason and we need to keep doing that. We need to keep distributing the love of God because there is a country that is out from under the blessedness of God. But here's how I come to my opinion. Here's how I arrive at my conclusion. The blessedness of God is found in verse 12, if you want to go back and read there. Because in verse 12, uh, the psalmist penned, Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord, and the people He chose for His inheritance. You see, God sees all mankind again. He sees us all the same. He's not a respecter of person. He doesn't see color. He doesn't see race. He doesn't see creed. He doesn't see see our economic situation. He doesn't see the length of our hair or the color of our hair or or anything else. He doesn't see our bank, consider our bank accounts. All of those things are meaningless to Him. But what He is in search of, what God is looking for, for is a people that will honor Him. A people that will worship Him. A people that will serve Him. A people that will let God be their Lord and their Lord be their God. He's calling, He's looking for a people that will turn to Him and look to Him. And you know, I, 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 I don't even know if I have one in my pocket or not, but you can pull out those little green pieces of paper out of your wallet or out out of your purse this morning. You can pull out a coin, but if you're like me, you're getting so old, you can't really see the little fine writing anymore. But we we live in a nation that once lived and experienced and expressed the motto, in God we trust, and we still must trust Him. We still must live for Him. We still must pursue Him if we are going to be blessed as a nation. So, how do we honor God? I'm going to combine two words, two, two, term, two, two bits of terminology, if you would, this morning. This is not about politics. It's not about which side of the political fence you're on, if you even have a side. It's not about race, it's not about creed, it's not about any of that. But what it is, is what I'm bringing together is the word patriot and Christian. Being a patriotic Christian... Uh, we, 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 if, if we're truly in love with God, we, we can't be so shallow minded now. And, and those of you that, those of you that know me, I, you know, of course I got my red, white, and blue shirt on this morning. And Sarah and I, we have flags out front. And you know, you know, when I come here, you know, we just put the flag up for service time. We took the flags back down. And, and, and when I come here, I said, no, man, we're, we're going to light up those flagpoles. We're going to fly those flags. We're proud of the country. We, we, I put the, uh, I come over because Rick Black is out of town. So I came over myself and I put Put all the little American flags up the guardrail coming up the road this for the road this morning. And, and I, I'm, I'm proud of our flag. I'm proud of the country that it represents. But I also realize that flag is not going to gain me favor with God. 
But that flag, if you would allow me to form it in this sentence, the flag needs the presence of God. The flag needs us. So, we, we, do we realize and know that God has blessed us? Certainly, hopefully we do. It's, it's not idolatry to give thanks for the blessing of our nation, but it's more idolatrous for us to give God thanks. It's more than idolatrous for us to give God, to give God thanks. If, if we, if we begin to think that our nation, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to express to you, if we can, uh, if we think that our nation can stand on its own, if we think that our nation can function on its own, if we think the wealth of our nation can, can accomplish what we need to accomplish, and if we think our education can accomplish what we need to accomplish, if we think our nice homes or the cars or whatever you may have, whether it be little or or whether it be much, can accomplish what we need to accomplish and gain His favor with God, we are sadly mistaken. Because those things, when we become dependent on those things, they have become idols to us. The flag can't become an idol to us. Our wealth, our riches, our family, our belongings, they can't become idols to us. But God is calling us to make Him Lord, Him ruler over all, Him God of our life. He is calling us to worship Him. And those are the things that will cause God to favor and we can once again actually we we can still say God bless the USA there's much to be thankful for as citizens of the United States if you don't think so venture out of the country for just a little while take take you about five days and 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 go to a third world country not on a cruise you know you can you can take a cruise ship to Haiti but you don't get to see the real side of the Haitian islands you you can take a cruise ship to different places and you, you, they take you into a cruise port and everything looks real nice and real good. You can fly into those places as well and they can take you to those the, the resorts that look really nice and real good. But no, I'm talking about where people are. I'm talking about getting down to where people are. I'm talking about going into third world countries. I'm going in, I'm talking about where some people that even have a cardboard box to live in is luxurious if they have anything at all to lay their head under at night. If you don't, if you don't believe you're blessed as an American, American, go outside of this country, make a visit for a few days somewhere, and then come back and tell me what you observe. Because we are blessed in this country. We have the blessings of God. And, and listen, if, if, if the United States of America is such a bad place, let me ask you a question. Why is everybody wanting to come here? Hmm? This is a little bit abnormal for me to preach a message like this. But hey, it is Independence Day 2020. And why, why, why do folks want to come here from other countries and other nations? Why do they want to be like us and dress like us and have the things that we have? You see, we are a blessed nation. We are a blessed country. But the way that we're honor, we are to honor God is by carrying forth His plans and His purposes. You know, this country has been the sending nation of the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. For many, many years. And it's debated a little bit uh, of where we rank. But some people rank the United States now has the second largest missions field in the world. To be evangelized. We, we as a nation, we as a country, we need to turn to God. We need God. 
You see, and we need to to abolish our plans or at least set our plans to the side and let God's plans come first. When I read verse 10, that's what I receive out of verse 10. When when we begin to... It says the Lord foils the plans of the nation. He thwarts the purposes of the people. It's not about our plans. It's about His plans. You see, plans mess people up. Plans mess Adam and Eve up. They thought we can eat of this tree. They believed the lie and we can become as gods. You see, plans mess up over in uh, over when 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 God's people thought, well, we'll build a tower to heaven and we will reach heaven. And, and God says, no, you won't. And He came down and He confounded their languages and, and and they began to be confused because they couldn't understand one another. God confounded the plans of of Haman when he was hanged on the very gallows that he had built for Mordecai. Uh, and Achan's plans were messed up when he thought he would cash back a few treasures under the rug in his in the living room of his tent. And God messed up Achan's plans as well. And, and, and you see, God will mess up our plans as well if our plans supersede His place in our life because God is calling us to put Him first and foremost in our lives. God is calling Him uh, us to put Him first and foremost in this United States of America. And if we will put God first in all that we do, in all that we say, in all that we try to accomplish in life, then we will be blessed and we can sing God bless America with all of our might, with all of our heart. And we can we can be reminded that, that on their dollar bills or your $5 bills or your $50 bills or even on your little brown pennies, it says God bless America there for a reason. It's more than just making a statement, but it's declaring that God has blessed us because we are the nation that have made God Lord over us. So, we have the blessed hope of the USA. In the 19th century, there was a journalist named Henry W. Grady. Grady was speaking on the greatness of America. And he noted his observation as such. He said, I've stood by Hampton Roads in Chesapeake Bay. And I saw there deploying the great naval strength of America. He said, and then I stood on the shore and and I saw the parading might of armies parading by. And as I looked at the Navy, as I looked at the Army, I said, surely the strength of America is to be found in its military and naval might. Grady said, I stood under the dome of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. He said, and I watched the process of government and democracy, and I thought, surely the greatness of America is to be found in the Senate and the Congress and in the legislative process. Grady went on to say that sometime later, he traveled to South Georgia. And as he went to South Georgia, he went to visit an old childhood friend. And he observed the family working on the farm, the friend of his family working on the farm. 
And as he observed them gathering around after they had eaten their meal at the end of the day and they were getting ready to retire, he said, the dad called all the family into the living room. He opened the scripture and he began to read the word of God. To everyone in the room. Immediately as he. Finished reading the word of God. He called for the entire room. To kneel in prayer. Grady recalls it like this. He says as I knelt with my old friend. And all of his family in the circle. Of that evening prayer. He said the greatness of the army and the navy. Faded from me. He said the glory of the Capitol building with its Senate and its Congress was diminished. He said there came out, he said, and there came to my heart the conviction that the strength of America is only to be found in godly people. People that are passionately pursuing a relationship With the Lord, their God. You see, the hope of America is in Jesus. You see, the hope of America is is found in the church of Jesus Christ. The hope of America is found in in a revival of biblical commitment. The hope of America is found in a revival of intercessory prayer. The hope of uh, the hope of America is found in in having a repentant spirit. The hope of America is found in making God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Elohim, El Shaddai, the only true and the living God, the Lord of our homes, the Lord of our communities, the Lord of our state, the Lord of our government, the Lord of our nation. Once again, that's the hope of America. And the hope of America rests in you and myself as individuals. It's up to me to have that biblical revival. It's up to me to have that the revival of prayer. It's up to me to have that 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 renewing and and, and to have that that newfound repentance and to turn my face back towards the one that saved me. It, it, all of that is up to me and all of it's up to you. And if we will start experiencing revival in our, in our personal life, in our personal world, if we will start experiencing that, then our, the churches will start experiencing revival and renewal. And the, the, the counties will start experiencing revival and renewal. And the states will start experiencing revival. And the nation will start experiencing revival. And once again, it will be one nation under God, indivisible with truth and justice for all. If, but it's up to us to lay hold of the hope of America. Another writer from the 19th century said, not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpit's fame with righteousness did I understand the secrets of her genius and power. 
America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, and there he's talking about righteousness, the righteousness of God. If America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. The scripture declares that our righteousness is no more than filthy rags. There's nothing good about me other than Jesus Christ. As good as my lovely little wife is, the only thing good about me is Jesus Christ. In compared to the righteousness of God. You see, and it's the righteousness of God that will bring us back. It's the righteousness of God that will once again, I, I declare the United States blessed, but I see us, I see us in, in, in my short, very youthful 58 years, I see, especially in these last 20 years, I see how we have become a nation drifting far from the shore. But the Lord spoke to the church. And as he spoke to the church, he said, don't you realize you're, 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 salt, you're called to be salt and light in the earth. There is a responsibility that lies within us. All, and, and I'm not casting stone here, but all of our Facebook rants, all of our, all, all of, all of our protests, all, all of those things. Let me tell you, quite honestly, they may, it may change some things, but it's not going to fix anything. We need to get back to God. Jesus is the hope of America. He's the hope of America. And today, I pray that you are latched on to that hope. I want you to bow your heads with me just for a second. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus or if you've drifted far away from Him and you need to recommit yourself and rededicate your life, this is a good way to start it. You know, I always consider sort of July 4th is the Wednesday of the year. It's the hump day of the year. It's the day that we, we start rolling downhill and, uh, for the rest of the year. So we're right here in the, in the middle of the year. It's a good time to rededicate your life. Is there a lot going on around us? Is the United States, uh, do they have a lot of trouble? Yes. Are they in trouble? Probably. But it's up to us, the church. And it's up to you as an individual because it's you that makes the church to dedicate our lives unto the Lord. So this morning, if you're in this room or if you're watching by Facebook Live and, and you would need to Rededicate your life, or maybe you've never been saved at all. Right now is a good opportunity. I just want you to join with me in prayer. A prayer of confession, a prayer of brokenness, a prayer of repentance. If you would just pray along with me. Dear Jesus, we're sorry. Our attention has been drawn away from you. Our minds have followed after other things. So today, I ask your forgiveness.
I confess my fault. And I know that you are faithful and you're just to forgive us of our sins. So today, Jesus, I ask for your help, your strength. I ask for the Holy Spirit to convict my heart unto repentance. That I may turn my face back to you and honor and serve you. That I will do my part to cause this nation to be blessed. I will do my part to serve you and to honor you and to bless your kingdom. So today, forgive me of all my sins. All of my iniquity. Accept my repentance. And let me find favor in you. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Today.